Welcome to the Lucent Conversational Podcast, everybody. My name's David. Weekly, I sit down with my co-host, Jen. We have a few drinks, and we talk to people about things. First off, apologies for the delay in getting this episode out. The extra week I took is because I went camping, and a large amount of editing went into this episode. Episode 28 started as our HR Horror Stories conversation, but completely changed after recording and editing. Our guest's name is Joel, and he works in human resources, much like Jen. And after almost an hour of talking about human resources, I wanted to talk about difficult conversations. We ended up dialing in my partner's sister, who was in an ongoing dispute about pigeons with her neighbor, and we chatted about that. Finally, we discussed what it is like to be queer in a place like Alberta, and Joel teaches me what toxic masculinity is. See, that's what we do. Once we start drinking, the conversation sort of drifts. I edited out all of the HR stuff because the conversation kept getting better and better, and HR you know, is comparatively boring. Joel has a gift for explaining things. I enjoyed his perspective, even if it did challenge me at times. It is a complete coincidence, by the way, that this episode is coming out during Pride Month. It is timely, though. So we can kind of pretend we planned that, but we didn't. Even if neighbors fighting over pigeons isn't your cup of tea, stick through this one and listen to the end. Or just fast forward to halfway through. Some of what Joel says really enlightened me, and I hope it does you as well. Stay loose, everybody. Welcome to the Loose and Conversational Podcast. It's loose and conversational. You can talk about whatever. I feel like I have to use my voice at some point to talk about being queer in Alberta. Oh, yes. Oh, God. That's another topic. Okay, I want to talk about mine real quick, uh, and then we'll talk about being queer in Alberta. What is it like to be queer in Alberta? That's fuck. Albertans are it's a tough real assholes. It's a tough gig. (laughs) Now I don't even want to bring my topic up, but I promise I I really lame, but okay. So a big part of HR, I'm not gonna talk about HR, but a big part of HR is difficult conversations and confrontation. So you have to be prepared to deal with confrontation mm-hmm. and you can't necessarily be a people pleaser. And I think a lot of times people think that people who work in human resources are naturally people pleasers, but far from it. No. Right. Nothing drives me more crazy than when someone tells me they went into human resources because they want to help people. Ugh, they say that all the time. They say it all the time. Yeah. And that's not what human resources is. Yeah, 100%. You're, help, you're helping the business. When I, yes. always, I always find it funny too, when people get so mad that HR didn't help them or that HR didn't, you know, Take care of them. I like guess. you're supposed to. You're supposed to advocate for them. Yeah, and it's like, and, and it's like I'm employed. They think we're therapists. Well, and it's like I'm employed by the employer. At the end of the day, my interest is to protect their interests, right? Yeah. And sometimes the interests are aligned and making sure that everything works and you know is engaged and all that. But stuff. I have seen people in HR who I don't think 100 percent understood that. Like yeah. they thought that they were there. Yeah, I think there's lots that think sometimes that. to advocate for yeah. the employee. I mean, sometimes you want to you want to close the gaps, obviously. Right? I, yeah. like, I do think that's how human resources may have started out too. Yeah. I, I think less that, strategic and just more. Yes, yeah. it was more of that person who was the in the chief therapist that yeah. worked for the organization. Well, funny, right? you see, that's not my understanding of human resources. My understanding of human resources, it's great. I didn't want to talk about HR anymore. Is now. the Here curtain we are. bothering you? You keep it, looking oh, at it. Oh, fucking hundred percent, it's bothering me. You <laughs> fucking gap leaving people. The uh, it's like, hey, let's just leave the curtain open. <laughs> With a little crack of light that Dave bothers David. But anyway, human resources, to my understanding, is like you said, it's part of business. And the idea of human resources is to extract the appropriate amount of productivity from the people who work for you. Yeah. I think that's what it's become. Yeah. 
But I, I, I think that's how it started. I think that's how it started. I would agree with you. But then I think, yeah, maybe that's how it I mean, HR hasn't really been a real profession, for, like up until like the last kind of 15 to 20 years. Before that, it was just sort of people who fell into it or they people just who put, filled out forms, who filled out forms, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I think human resources as a career is still generally a new concept. Well, and as a strategic part of any business. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Which I think it is now. Yeah. So I think it started out that way. But then I think it kind of detoured to, you know, sort of like the kindergarten teacher for business. Businesses, right? Uh-huh. Like I remember going to a Staples once and buying a whole bunch of supplies and this woman's like, oh, you must be a kindergarten teacher. I'm like, no, I'm in HR. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, same thing. Because, yeah. you know, you make the health and safety boards and you, you know, you fill out the forms and you, you know, rah, rah your employees. And I mean, those are all parts of HR, but I don't think they're the most important parts. Or You the- build culture and you recognize yeah. and you motivate yeah. and then you fire them. And then you fire them. In the back of my mind, though, there is truly nothing more. And, and I'm just equating this to Jennifer's teacher analogy, because sometimes it does feel like we are. Yeah, that the teachers in an organization, but there's nothing more ironic than me as a 29 year old coaching a 55 year old on how to properly behave oh in a business gosh. setting. I just think, yeah, it's funny. It's and it happens all the time, all the time. Yeah, all what's the time. what's the most difficult? I know what my diff- most difficult discussion ever is. What's the most difficult discussion you guys ever is and or ever have? And I bet you it's the same thing if you've ever had to have it. Sexual harassment. <laughs> oh, really? That's not mine, but okay. What's yours, Jen? Uh, I guess I would probably have to say, yeah, sexual harassment. Nothing's really coming to mind. Really? Sexual sexual harassment is pretty cut and dried to me. Well, see, the thing is, though, is I think what me as a hardcore millennial defines sexual harassment as being is a lot different than what the 55-year-old Like David's. Individual yeah. might fair define. Enough, yeah, yeah. Well, not me because I've been in. You were almost fired for sexual harassment once. I was. <laughs> and that's why it's a hard conversation because. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's true. But I was much younger at the time. It's not like it was a couple of years ago. If you listen to the podcast, you'd know. But the uh, <laughs> for me, hygiene. Oh, I don't really have an issue with that anymore. But oh, yeah, it's awkward. It's the- awkward. And for me, it's just, I used to try to like tiptoe around it. Yeah, you can't. Now I just blunt. Yeah, because yeah. they don't understand if you're not blunt, right? Yeah. And yeah. You read. That's true. That's true. All right. So this idea of difficult conversations. So this is taken away from HR, but it's going to be an interesting segue before we talk about queer Alberta. <laughs> is uh, it? So there's <laughs> Which a isn't lot of, very queer at all. <laughs> yeah. So there's people out there who are people pleasers. Mm. And Jen, you know me well. You would say I'm pretty good with confrontation. Yeah. Well, but I, I, I don't shy away from you it. You don't shy away from it. Yeah. So Do I think you're good in confrontation? Well, that, no, that, that's but, not the point. That's but, not the point. Right now. <laughs> no, you don't shy away from it. So, and you said you, en- you enjoy confrontation. Love it. Yeah, yeah David love it. loves it too. I mean, you will yeah. seek it out sometimes. It drives my oh, partner yeah, yeah. insane because I there's nothing more I love than to get into it with someone. Does oh, that same lead, here. Same that, here. Okay, but does it lead into your relationship for you? No, I don't really bring it into my relationship per se. David does. Well, sometimes. Oh. Sometimes. Yeah. Right, depending on my mood, but yeah, yeah. but no, I'm, I don't, I don't get the same thrill from confrontation with my partner as I do with some, agreed, yeah, with it's, somebody who's out there in the world, right? Yeah, it's a good cop, bad cop, you know, little bit though that we like to play, right? So if if we're out in public and we're in a situation where you know maybe it's he'll be the one that starts it off pleasant, and then I come in with the confrontation if it's not going our way. See, that's a, that's a useful. It's a useful. That's skill. a useful skill to have in a relationship. Yeah, and and I think it's a use. I think the ability to. Yes, I would agree. I think at this point now, because my daughter doesn't like confrontation, my partner doesn't like confrontation, and they're a little bit people pleasers. So what that translates into, in my opinion, is they let people walk all over them. Mm-hmm. And 
How do you help people like that? Extensive gonna, therapy. <laughs> but is it? Because I'm going to tell a yeah. really quick story. I mean, my I the, mean, the people involved okay, in everything will listen to this, but yeah, I was going to say I don't mean to like make it light of it, but it's like honestly, like I'm a, working on being a formally reformed people pleaser, and it's extensive fucking therapy. Is it okay? Well, me, then, then, then then that's yeah. good. Put a pin in that for like like okay. a minute from now. My partner's sister and her husband have pigeons. It seems like a weird pet. I think I was telling right? you about that, wasn't it? Yeah, like it seems like a weird no. thing. Her na- her neighbors objected to her pigeons. Okay, first of all, and where do like, you get pigeons? Well, that's, you know what, that's a side. I don't want to get beach. into pigeons. And these pigeons are special pigeons. And the only way I can explain to them is they don't fly very well. And when they do try to fly, they do flips. Like you got to see them. They actually are pretty cool. Can you take a video and send it to us? Post uh, it online? Yeah, Caroline has one. I, okay. I could, yeah, but it's not a very good video because they're oh. far away. Well, I, I heard this and I was like, okay, I guess pigeons are kind of weird. But then I went over to her house with an open mind and the pigeons are cool. The pigeons are relaxing. They spend 23 and a half hours of a day in this little pen, like in a little coop, I guess. Uh, once a day or once in the evening, they let them out. They come out and they eat and they walk around and then they go back in the pen on their so own. So what's the point? Like a I get- few of them, they're cute. They're, they're really relaxing. Like they're like, Ooh. Ooh, okay. They make these so little they give you music. They're cute. And a few of them fly. And when they fly, they fly up in the air and they do flips and stuff. And it's cool. Okay. Like it really is neat to watch. So, but the problem is her her neighbor came out and freaked out about these pigeons because they flew into her yard. The, her My partner's sister is telling me about the story. And then I go over and see the pigeons. And then I'm talking to her and I'm like, why don't you just tell the lady? Like they're pigeons. It's not a big deal. If you don't want the pigeons in your yard, they're not tigers. They're pigeons. Just go shoo them away. Like these pigeons will absolutely not let a human being be within 12 feet of them. Even they're tame pigeons. If if they go near the pigeons, the pigeons fuck off and freak out, right? Yeah, but the neighbor has a point. So wait, well, the, okay, the well, pigeons fly away and come back? Yeah, well, yeah, they do. They do. They they. They just want to be in that little pen. If you own an animal, you are responsible for making but sure the pigeons, it's not going but the pigeon- to your neighbor's yard. No, how? But they're birds. Don't they're birds. let them out or don't no, have No, no, okay, okay. No. So they are allowed you are allowed in Edmonton to have up to 70 pigeons. Yeah, but what I'm saying so, is seven, No, no, no. Zero. No, Jen, there is no law, there is no anything it's not law. that says that. It's just called being a good pet owner. No, it's not. It's not because it's not and like, your cat leaves your yard is it the same thing? Yeah, 100%. Okay, but nobody freaks out about a cat walking through their yard. Some oh, people will. Well, yeah. Some people do. I know people who do. Okay, then then okay, then you have a cat, right? And the cat walks into somebody's yard and your neighbor freaks out. What do you do? I take my cat back and make sure it doesn't happen again. See, and I tell him it's a f-ing cat and you need to f-ing relax. Oh, then why are you a pet owner? But why does this person get to tell you where this f-ing bird can fly? Like you can't control where the bird can fly. You are legally an owner of a bird. And this, this goes for anything. Basically, you want to push me around and say that I want to control the air above my, I want to control you. I want to control your yard. I want to control everything based on the outside chance that a pigeon might fly into your yard, which can be remedied by you going, hey, fuck off. Okay. Was it a one-time thing or is it a it's a one. It was thing? a one-time thing. No, it's a one-time How thing. many pigeons is my question? Uh, they have like... But oh, how- that flew in the yard? Yeah. Maybe one or two. Oh, okay. And, and Jen, it's not like a bird doesn't normally fly in your yard. And it's not like this pigeon is any different than any other bird. Yeah, except you know that that's your neighbor's pet. No, it's pet. a f- bird. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> Anyways, what's the point of conflict? Because I, I so, so the point is, how do you tell somebody who's... The, so she... Her neighbor freaks out because her neighbor apparently enjoys conflict, <laughs> right? So how do you deal with, tell somebody who's like, how do, what do I do? How do I deal with this? Because me, you know what? You would come and complain to me about my f-ing pigeon once. Once you would complain to me about my pigeon. Next time I you would shoot never, it. But the point is. So my yard, you, I can shoot The point is you to. would complain to me about that pigeon once and you, based on our conversation, you would never talk to me about my pigeon again. No, but I would make other decisions. 
Like what? Kill it. How are you going to kill a pigeon? Gun. Where are you going to get a gun from? Strangle it. I don't know. See, and I would gun. dare you. I would dare you. I <laughs> like, would say, I would say, you go ahead. You don't be- give a fuck about I would it. Say, I would I? say, because there was nothing illegal about me, my, me having this pigeon or that pigeon flying into the yard. You using a firearm inside the city to kill a pigeon, eh, that might be a different story. I don't think that's illegal. Are you going to test it? Sure. So, so, <laughs> so, in an argument, you're going to threaten to shoot a if bird. If you're going to be a dick and then not I'm take tell on you, responsibility, I'm going to tell you to pet. take that gun and shove it up your ass. Well, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to shoot it. Just Jen, you are never going to shoot a pigeon. You do not have the stomach or the nerve and you don't have a gun. And I know that, right? So this is the whole thing. Like there are two kinds of people in the world, people who enjoy conflict and people who don't. So I took a course at Nate um, about conflict. Oh yeah. And there's- How to tell your neighbor to go fuck themselves. Basically. Yeah. That's what, that's what it should have been called. <laughs> More people but probably sign up for it. There's four types of ways that people engage in conflict. And there's someone, that, there's agreeableness. So you- just agree mm-hmm. when someone approaches you in a conflicting manner. <laughs> There's the aggravators who like to further aggravate mm, it. So like they, they take here. what you're yeah, saying yeah. and they, they make a bigger deal out That's of it. That's me. Yeah. Um, there's the mediators who will try to mediate with you. Yeah. That's John Bernardo, our last guest. He was really good at that. <laughs> and then there's the disengagers. So the people who just try to avoid it at all costs and uh, would back away from it entirely. So what's the quote unquote? The slam the door in your face kind right of people. One. There's no right one. That's just the four types of ways yeah. that people. What are you? Oh, I probably. But much like sexuality, it's a spectrum. So yeah. you're not just one. You just, it's how do you approach it? So you, there's yeah. tests you can take and it kind of places you on the grid. Yeah. And you can kind of see like, okay, so I'm probably a, an aggravator slash meteor. Yeah. Mediator. <laughs> meteor. Meteor. <laughs> Are you meteor or yeah. a meteor? Can you be an aggravator slash slam the door on somebody's face? I think that's just an aggravator. Yeah, no, like it, the way the chart works is probably not. Yeah, see, but probably you not, think eh? your your way is the right way, don't you? No, I don't think my way is the right way at all. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. But you get so excited by the fact that you would just no, tell this neighbor to fuck no, off. No, no, because right. no, because I I'm not saying it's I'm not saying the way I approach the situation is better. But I am saying that I don't have trouble sleeping afterwards, mm-hmm. right? And generally, the way the world works, I get to do what I want to do. Right. And and the biggest thing is I don't get anxiety after after this. But right? the person who slams the door in the face also might not have anxiety or, or mm-hmm. Well, but but what are, are yeah. these then what do you call like people like the people pleasers? The ones agreeableness. who agreeable. Agreeableness. Well then uh, apparently from my experiences, and this is from talking to these people, the agreeableness when it doesn't work, because when the person who just wants a pound of flesh wants to yell at you, wants to be right, and come on, look at society right now. There are a lot of people out there, and they're the loudest ones, and they're the ones who will show up and knock on your door, right? And who will put themselves there because they want to push you around. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess one of the things that I was thinking when we're talking about being people who are skilled in having difficult conversations. What do you tell somebody about how to not get pushed around? I don't think you can tell them not to get pushed around. That's a choice that they've made. Like I don't think people always realize that they're being pushed around. No. Nor or, nor do you decide that that's not an acceptable way to handle conflict. That's not your choice to make. That's their choice. If okay, I'm going to I'm going to talk to you about this cuz Jen's just taking the contrary <laughs> no, thing that Jen that's always how takes. I feel. Yeah, but it's but that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking when you're when somebody who doesn't want to be pushed around. But the, the, what the neighbor was doing in this case was wholly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It is the pigeons are not a big deal. The neighbor sees this as an opportunity to make something a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right, Jen, you can do what everybody else who probably listens 
can, the conclusion you can jump to, a mass of pigeons are flying into her yard and shitting on things. That's not the case. These are tiny little shy animals that don't want to be in that yard. And if the wind blows them into there or they end up there. Okay, but the issue is not the issue. The you issue just say shoot. We're talking about agreeable, not necessarily the pigeons. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it's not a big deal. The neighbor, the neighbor was aggressive and was trying to, the neighbor knew that she could get a pound of flesh out of uh, my partner's sister and try to. And the partner's sister, knowing that I'm better with conflict than she is, kind of came for advice. And I said, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. And But I thought for the podcast, this is an interesting subject is what do you tell somebody? Because I think agreeable, handling conflict agreeably doesn't necessarily mean that there are people pleasers. I think those are two separate things. Well, th- but then this is different because the problem is, because Caroline's like this too, and a lot of people, Car- Callie's like this, a mm-hmm. lot of people I know are. They they just want everybody to be happy and be okay with everything. And right. they want to hug it out almost and just, and they want to be able to say things to make everything okay. Right. But when you're dealing with somebody like me and maybe like Joel, mm-hmm. right? Who are like, no, fuck you. I'm getting my way, right? And if you've, wow. like, like, Think about the story I told when I canceled my gym membership and the guy was an yeah, asshole sure. to me. For sure. Like you got yeah. two people who clearly enjoyed conflict teeing off against yeah, each other, sure. right? But this is different. This is, but it's guess, that guy and somebody yeah. who just wants to cancel the gym membership. But is it looking at it from a bird's eye view and saying to this person who is the people pleaser that you want everybody to be happy, but you're not happy in this scenario? Was that a pun? No. <laughs> Actually, kind of. Yeah. I, I do think it's hard though, because. <laughs> For sure. But you're, you're typically also not, your- when someone's an aggravator, they're not always rational. Well, how do you, so what do you yeah. tell someone yeah. to assist them in that type of conflict because you're not going to reach a rational resolution. Well, I think you've got if, two opposite ends of the spectrum. I think yeah. if you've got somebody who is the aggressor or the assertive one, you've got the people pleaser one, then it, like there's no way to bridge that, right? Because this person's way too intimidating to the other person, right? And, like, and to answer your question, sorry, people pleasing probably falls somewhere within- Probably the, mediating and agreeable. Or? Well, the agreeableness, the mediating, and even yeah. probably the disengaging to some extent, yeah. right? Because you're, you're just trying to get out of it. So you're saying, yes, yes, whatever you want, right? Uh, yeah. I think probably the people pleasing comes before the conflict. And then once the conflict happens, they become disengaged. Yeah. They just want to get out of it because mm-hmm. they don't have the stomach for it, right? They Yeah. I think you just turn it back and you just say, like, they're, not everybody's going to leave this situation happy. And the reality is at this point in time, you are saying that my happiness is not important, that it's more important for me to make someone else happy. That's what you think the solution is? Well, I think you, they just have to sort of realize that there is no win-win. There is no everybody's leaving this happy, right? It's just who is leaving happy? Is it them or is it you? I think the solution would be approaching it with logic, right? So- so maybe in this circumstance, she was a people pleaser, he or she. Um, but then going back to that individual and saying, listen, you handled yourself in a terrible manner and I didn't appreciate it. And if you approach me like that again, mm-hmm. then we're going to have further words. That's, 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 that's exactly yeah. what I told her. What I told her is I said, do you care about your relationship with your neighbor? Right. And she uh, she said, well, I don't know. I said, if you do, what I would do. Like, cause I'm only, I think the only advice I could give is what I would do. And then she can take with it, whatever I said, I would go to the neighbor like a day or two later. And I'd say like, if you're willing to apologize, I'm willing to talk about the pigeons. Exactly. Like, I would start it with yeah, that. I would not, reasonable. I would not, I would not come cowering. Yeah. I would say, if you acknowledge that the way you handled the situation was wrong, let's talk about it. And then what I would say is look, because it's not her pigeons, it's her husband's pigeons. Mm-hmm. I said, he owns the pigeons. It's important to him. He's legally allowed to have them. They're not, they're not a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you want to say they are, they're not. Right. And I won't accept the fact that they are. They're also, because the other thing is the lady said that like frightening animals mm-hmm. and they're pigeons. Yeah, right? But everybody's so, afraid of different yeah, but, things. No, but, 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 these, but there's, there's, <laughs> but reasonably. So if somebody came to you as an assertive conflict person mm-hmm. and said that you would be, would you be like back up no, against no, the wall? No, no, because no, if somebody said, 
was willing to be rational, right? Because I, I actually have an example where I can point to where this happened, but I'll do that in a second. But um, the, what I would say is like, look, if the pigeons are in your yard, you have all the permission in the world to do whatever you want to get them out of your yard, mm-hmm. right? Like I will not get defensive about what I don't, I don't want them in your yard. I don't want them. So just go shoo them away mm-hmm. and they will leave. And then to me, that that resolves the situation. And if it doesn't, then it's like, Okay, go fuck yourself. So you'd be right? open to that. Like you wouldn't be defensive if somebody approached you like that. If, if I was the neighbor or yeah, if I was if you were the pigeons. neighbor. Well, no, to be honest, me, I'm a completely different person. So I wouldn't, fu- I, if my neighbor had pigeons and the pigeons flew into my yard, I did think, I would think that was the coolest thing in the okay, world. Okay, but let's, I'm not talking about pigeons. I'm talking about conflict in general. So you're sort of the assertive person. If somebody came to you and was yeah, I would, you like that, you'd be uh, like, okay, uh, let's talk about yeah, this. Yeah, personally, I, because yeah. I like conflict, right? And I, I think conflict is a way of opening a door and forcing a conversation that will either resolve or not resolve a situation. I think one of the worst things is an unresolved situation where you, I don't know. So just go talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times you will be surprised. So the example I was going to give, and I'll talk about now, is when my dog bit me. We were camping and the people in the campsite beside us had a really aggressive pit bull. And my dog at the time was uh, starved for attention from other dogs. So he had barked to try to get this other dog's attention a couple of times. And this other dog had kind of freaked out, but they were both on leashes. So later on, we were down by the lake. Uh, My dog was on a leash and their dog wasn't. But Jake, when he saw this other dog, as they were kind of walking past us, he ran up to the dog and this pit bull, I guess it, it thought that that was aggressive. So he attacked Jake. So I got down to try to separate the dogs, which was like the stupidest thing I could have done. And my dog, he almost bit my thumb off. Like you remember, right? Mm -hmm. It was pretty bad. And then the dog's owner, the pit bull's owner came down to the lake and was like kicking him to try to get him to release. And it was a bad scene. And there was like super high like emotions and and me and the guy almost got in a fight, even Mm -hmm. though I only had one hand. (laughs) And then, and then like I was bleeding early, but it was a really bad situation. I went back to the campsite and they buggered off. And then like half an hour later, him and his girlfriend or whatever she was that was walking the dog came to check on us. Yeah, we talked about it and I mean, they were drunk and and stuff like that and they were high and stuff, but I didn't care. And it was, yeah, like the fact that he reached out and we were able to have a bit of a conversation about it and and kind of let bygones be bygones and stuff like that. Yeah, it was good. Like, mm-hmm. like I think that if I just sunk back or one of us had gotten anxiety about it, I, I think people being willing to have difficult conversations and engage with each other and talk and stuff like that, even if there's yelling involved, I think that communication is always better than not talking, Mm. right? See, and I would agree for me personally, but I also think that some people are just as satisfied if they are able to not enter a a conflict scenario. Because I think you have to realize you too, uh, a sort of conflict that 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 is really intimidating. It is really, it's, it's, it feels like an attack, right? So if you're coming at me in your, you know, not personal, uh, you know, aggressiveness, like it feels like an attack, it feels personal. And so it's hard to communicate with somebody when you're feeling like a wounded animal, right? Well, I think in the moment for sure, right? Like when, the guy was like yelling at me saying, because initially the guy blamed my dog for everything. Mm-hmm. Like my dog was missing a chunk of his ear and my hand was half, like <laughs> had a real big bite and his dog was like, and I'm like, it wasn't my fucking dog. Like, yeah. was, like when the neighbor first came over and yelled at Joe about the birds, that's not the time to work it out, right? It's no, but once you, cooler yeah. heads prevail. But if you're, and I guess I'm looking at it this, like for somebody I'm having like, a, you know, a working relationship or not, but it's like, if you're, if you're at a 10 in our first interaction, it's going to take me a long time to even feel comfortable coming back to having another conversation, hmm. right? So it delays. The, oh, and see, and that's where I'd say that I'm different because yeah. I don't think I view it like that. I think if you're at a 10, I'm the kind of person that walks away and I'll just, it'll fester and I'll, I'll need to go back to that person. Yeah, but I think it's because you're probably also assertive. I think. But when but when right. you go when you go back to talk to them, what are you at? Probably not at a ten. But yeah. I, again, I go back probably with a with a mediator approach to kind of 
I want to correct their behavior. I want to say <laughs> you want to fix them. <laughs> I do. It, it wasn't appropriate the way yeah. that you approached me. And I'm not one to ever typically go into conflict scenarios as the aggressor. Yeah. I can become an aggressor if right. it escalates to that level, right? But I'm not one that usually initiates. person I'm talking about just tried to call me. Okay. So let's have her on. God, this is going to be a lot of people on the podcast at one time. Mm-hmm. She has no idea what's about to hit her, oh. does she? No, she has no idea. Hi. Hi. Hey, okay. can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can everybody hear her? Jeez, she sounds a lot like Carol Ann. Well, they're, they're sisters. <laughs> yeah. I don't think my sisters and I sound a lot alike. Oh, that's not true, actually. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so um, welcome to the Loose and Conversational Podcast. Hello. It's, it's interesting. I'm not. It's no, interesting not that you it. called. We were just talking about we you. We were about the bird oh, issue. Oh, you were. Okay. Yeah, we were just talking oh, about God. it. So I'm on your side. Yeah. You are on my side. So uh, do you have an update? Um, yeah, that they just flew into her yard. <gasps> and then I, I messaged her and I said, feel free to chase them out if they fly into your yard. Unfortunately, the birds aren't going anywhere. Um, and we'll oh, try yeah, to put something on the poise. So Jen, how does that make you feel? <laughs> that was my advice, right? I said. That's an assertive way to handle it. Yeah, but they, they're also not going anywhere. They're staying there. Not, yeah. if, not if they get chased not if she, off. Not if she chases them away. She just said that she tried and they're staying there. They're not moving. No, I said, so oh. I, they flew, I saw them fly into her yard. So I was like, she's probably having a heyday. So I, I text her and I said, if they're in your yard, feel free to chase them away. I said, unfortunately, the birds aren't going anywhere and mm. we'll try and put something on the fence to discourage them. And what has she done? She started saying something, you know, when you can tell someone's texting back. Oh yeah. yeah. Those three little And then dogs. see. See if you, see if you can get her on speakerphone in the yard. Oh, <laughs> conference oh, are in. We'll see. David. Oh. Yeah. She replied, I'm going to read it out loud. She said, unfortunately, they are not allowed to leave your yard per bylaws. Oh, I don't want to be pushed to the point of making a complaint and you get fined. But you are leaving me little choice. You are both sitting there and nothing about this. Knowing the anxiety that this causes by you allowing this, (laughs) they are being taught that this is acceptable. To be clear, bylaws state they are not allowed to land land perch on any... I have spoke to two oh, bylaw no officers about this. Them being in my yard completely against the rules mm. and you can be fined. I would say then go ahead and call them. You would, I would say that. Uh, what would you do, Joel? Probably I'd say the same. Because I think she's full of shit. I don't do think, I think there probably is. Well, I'd, I'd check the bylaw first. <laughs> but, 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 but what are the odds the fucking birds are going to be there when the hey, bylaw officer I comes? have a neighbor whose bylaw, like this lady calls the bylaw every fucking week and they fucking come out. Like it's insane. It's like they have nothing better to do. God, it would be so good to get your neighbor on the phone right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Per- I know. Yeah, yeah just like, tell her to go chase the bird, to go kick the birds out. Well, what does she want you to do? Go into her yard? Yeah. Well, actually, that's what I would ask well, her. I'm, I'm like, yeah. are, you, are you giving me permission to come into your yard? Text her that, Joe. Text her that. Okay. Well, I can't exactly. <laughs> come on. We're on a podcast. We're, we're pushed for time here. A little quicker. Okay. Well, I can't exactly. I'm just composing this text. Chase them out of He's messaging something else. Who is? Get it in there before. The neighbor. Shows. Just get it in there. No, quick. get it in there. Get yeah. it in there. Are you giving me permission to come into your yard to no, chase them out? No, that's too much for me. I can't handle that type of confrontation. That's not confrontation. That's like it's on a is text that confrontation? message. No, that's a text no, message. No, and she's accused you of sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. So yeah. what does she want this you is, to do? This you is are the, clearly you've called into a podcast. You are doing something. Let her know that. Yeah, yeah. we called her. We called her. Yeah, <laughs> I want a podcast <laughs> discussing this. Yeah. 
Just yeah, like the people on the Lucid Conversational podcast are I'm, telling yeah. me. I've consulted my experts, and they are telling me that I should not have to run out there to shoo them away. They are not my responsibility. Just, just say, yours. just say, are you giving me permission to come into your yard to shoo them away? Because if she says yard. yes, then this problem is solved. And I would go fucking hang out in her yard. <laughs> Does she have a hot tub? <laughs> No. <laughs> She's worried about pigeon shit. I just drop my pants and take a nice... <laughs> hey, when have you ever taken a shit somewhere? What was that question we asked? Oh, yeah, taking a shit out of spite. Yeah. yeah. This is an opportunity. That would be a spiteful you shit. Wanted, you wanted an opportunity, yeah. David. Here's your yeah, Here's a fucking bylaw. <laughs> Maybe Joe needs to get you to go there and, and lay yeah, a spiteful jo- jo- shit Do you want me to come take a shit? In her? I'd have to do it like in the morning, though, and then I'd have to run home and have a shower. There's, there's literally a, there. a pigeon section of the bylaw animal control. Is there? <laughs> yeah, it's pigeons, page 13. This isn't Edmonton, though, correct? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is Edmonton. Uh, yeah. Can we... Is there like a... Where is the pigeon bylaw? I'm looking it up on Jen's right phone. now. Oh, she's... What, Oh, yeah. Okay, what is get, it saying? Hang on, I gotta get there. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Don't let There's Jen push you around. <laughs> this is fun, <laughs> actually. I can see why you're the asserter. <laughs> yeah, I love. Okay, you're not allowed any pigeon to be outside the loft or aviary. Oh. Yeah, for any purpose other than supervised exercise or when turning from a supervised race or train. Oh, okay, flight. okay. So here's your response. Will you type exactly what I say? Okay, what? Okay, you ready to type? Yeah. Say, they are allowed to be out of the aviary, <laughs> A-V-I-A-R-Y. For a supervised... Say A-V... I-A-R-Y. For a supervised I- exercise. Yeah, for supervised exercise. So thanks for supervising. Yeah, thanks yeah. for supervising. <laughs> you can update your resume now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we do. They're not allowed outside of their aviary on any Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday between 11 a.m. and 10 p.m. or on any day in May, June, July, or August, or September. Well, the pigeons have business hours. <laughs> really? Between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. It's after 4, so we're okay. Yeah, you're after 4 p.m., you're fine. Okay, say it again, David. They are allowed to be outside of the aviary for supervised exercise after 4 p.m. If you don't want to shoo them out of your yard, you just need to let me or Moomin do it. <laughs> we can look up the bylaw too, lady. Yeah, we can Google so as well, it bitch. Are, does it say anything, Jen, about like them going into other people, flying into other It does property? not say no, but no. I don't know if that's under something Well, else, they're only allowed to be out of their pen yeah, for supervised, for supervised exercise, exercise after 4 p.m. In May, June, July, August, or September. It's May. I'm <laughs> just letting her know the yeah. whole law. I don't think they're too cool on February flying into other people's <laughs> yards. So. And definitely not on any Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday. No, after 4 p.m. No, that's between 11 and 10 p.m. Or sorry, 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. Oh, so you can't let them out on the weekend. No. Between 10 oh, you aren't allowed to? What, no. was it, what, what are the days where she can? On any Saturday, Sunday, or legal holiday between 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. Oh, sorry, they ha- they can't be out past 4 p.m. Oh, they can't on be the out? On the weekends. No, they can't no. be out past 4 p.m. in any day, May, June, July, August, or September. So they have to be out between 10 and 4 p.m. Yes, correct. They, they cannot oh. travel in a flock of more than 20. <laughs> they don't? Yeah. They don't. This is crazy. Yeah, so they can't be out after 4 p.m. This is going to be the most boring podcast ever, but <laughs> oh, we are really edu- we are really educating people on uh, on pigeons. Pigeon bylaw. Yeah. So then now what am I writing? Same thing. Same can- thing. They could, they're allowed to be out on supervised exercise and then uh just not after 4 p.m. So. Well, don't don't mention that now. Cuz we just learned <laughs> that. Watch her type okay. that back. The, the point like, the point after- right now is you're asking her if you can have permission to yeah. come onto her property to shoot them away. 
Okay, let me see. They're flying somewhere. God, you type so slow. <laughs> well, we've we've given her conflicting information. They're back all and forth. flying back on the post. Oh, there you go. God, you guys stop landing in. Well, Just have a stern talking to them because they feel safe there because nobody goes and shoes them away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she can teach them real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. As long as you guys can go over and be like, "Get the fuck out of here, birds!" Like if my dog was going to take a shit in somebody else's yard, I'd make sure he didn't. If the person in the yard <laughs> was like, "Don't come in my yard and let your dog take a shit there," but he's not. But you got to reason with them. It's like, well, I can't reason with pigeons, right? I feel like I'm losing here. Well, there is a there is a bylaw you have to abide by. <laughs> you have to abide by. So does that. your opinion change yeah. now, David, that there is a bylaw in place? No, because I think the idea of being enjoying conflict, you want to be right. <laughs> Although sometimes <laughs> I enjoy so the truth be damned. <laughs> sometimes I enjoy the challenge of being 100% wrong and trying to get the other person to agree with me, but No, 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 it's not the truth be damned. It's the uh it's being right. It's not letting somebody push you around. But if the city has said your pigeons can't fly out past and 4 p.m. Like, I doubt there's a law that says there can't be pigeons. It's oh, like, no. I admit, I admit when I'm wrong. Okay. So can you right? just say I'm wrong? I just did. I just did. What a I'm weird wrong. stipulation. <laughs> right? yeah. It is so fucking weird. Yeah, Jen, just to clarify, I went over and visited the pigeons once. I didn't. I didn't learn everything there was to learn about pigeons. I don't think I ever said that. The conversation is about handling conflict. Yeah, yeah. I, they're not my pigeons, Jen. You just it's not felt my very neighbor. strongly about the fact that there was no law. When I, when I was talking it. to Joe, we had this idea that it would be a good topic for the podcast. Yeah. Well, Little did we yeah. know it would turn into a phone call. <laughs> a pigeon license is $15. Maybe you could put a pigeon aviary in your backyard there, Joel. I've got a whole forest behind me. <laughs> you could just let them... They could coo 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 all night long. Hey, hey, Joe, we're going to let you go because this is getting boring. Yeah, but let us know. <laughs> no, see, that's why I didn't want to be on your podcast in the first place. I knew I could. But this has been fun. I mean, yeah. See, yeah. I can come over there and shoot. Yeah, just away. be. I would be more than happy to go shake the rake with the garbage bag attached to it at the birds. Shake the rake. I feel yeah. like that's a Yeah, it's a thing. No, it's a thing. There's a rake with a garbage bag attached to it. There is. It's true. That's um, how you shoot the birds. It from flying up. What do you think, Jen? You just yell at the birds, yell, like waving your arms? <laughs> no, I thought it was like a like a masturbation term. Shake the rake. Oh, not with a with the garbage, with bag. garbage bag attached. Yeah, actually, that's a condom. Maybe yeah, I don't know. It's a sock. <laughs> it's that extra sock. I don't know why you'd masturbate with a. It's condom. It's funny how parents. Hey. It's funny how uh, easy clean <laughs> It's funny how people are always like, "Why does a, the socks always go missing in the dryer?" It's like they're under my bed. <laughs> Do you know what what sucks though is the fact that like we we were supposed friends here or like whatever friendly neighbors and that it's come to this like strict bylaw where it's like you know what like the odd time that they land in your yard you could chase them out and then all would be well yeah but she's, not, she's well. not your friend she's you know your what i mean and we yeah and now you're yeah friendships are about what you have in common you live beside each other hmm. she's an, yeah, she's yeah. an old lonely lady with an empty life who she should yeah. love pigeons i know yeah. you think she'd like yeah. the company she probably has she wants seen home alone <laughs> Yeah, she probably wants her own pitch. She's jealous. Yeah, maybe. You should She's offer just to give her jealous. One. Offer to give her I'll one. I'll be like, should, is that the text I should say? You're no, just no, jealous. No, let's not escalate the situation unnecessarily. Yeah, no. Well, you know, and that's a, a good part of a conflict because that's one of the things when you get petty, you've lost, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, 100%. Exactly. Yeah, your best friend's gay. Yeah, my best friend Sadie's gay. Yeah, you know, you know what? Just, just, just leave the phone on and talk to it. But we're going to talk about queer Alberta. Just take an. You want to have a whole podcast on anxiety? Do you have a drink? Do you have a glass of wine? They there? have pills for that. I do, mushrooms? and that's probably exasperated. Masturbation. Okay, okay masturbation. Put, put is your... that good for anxiety? Absolutely. Oh, of course it is. What's better? Drugs. <laughs>
I mean, I'm not advocating that my partner's sister masturbates. Extensive therapy? I don't I'll know. advocate for it. Yeah. You <laughs> guys can advocate masturbate. for it. Go and uh, Have a glass of wine. Fire up the vibrator. Put that rake up there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go shake the rake, Joe. All right. Stay on the podcast if you want. If not, hang up. Although we hope you don't because it's kind of fun having somebody on the phone. But once again, is anybody have to go to the bathroom? I'm good right now. You guys are both good? Yeah. Okay, good. Let's talk about Queer Alberta. Queer Alberta. Queer what is, Alberta. What is Queer Alberta even mean? So you it, you implied <laughs> earlier that it is difficult being... Okay, wait a minute. Now, this is my... Uh, I guess we should let Joel maybe take this away. I'm going to. I'm about to I'm about to set him on fire. Why don't you tell us what it's like to be queer in Alberta? I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to ask the question. I'm trying to phrase <laughs> okay. the question. But I was just going to say... I just have one quick question. I'm going to let him go. Okay. You call it Queer Alberta. What's the difference between saying queer and saying gay? Mm. Queer is more inclusive. Honestly, you might have to break it down. I'm not. I am absolutely. I think. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, I don't know. I thought queer was kind of like a. Well, I don't know if like gay is more politically correct or queer is. I feel like queer is kind of like. Well, I don't know. Well, well let's gay let's... is when you, for the most part, strictly like the same sex. Gotcha. Okay. But queer is more inclusive. Queer would Bisexual. also encompass bisexuality. It would encompass anyone that is identifies as being on the spectrum, right? Anyone. Gotcha. That's, so it's everything. To a certain extent, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But you can't say to a certain extent when you try to clarify things. Because it's not everything. It's just on the spectrum. So it means anything except being straight. Well, kind of. Well, you know, bestiality is probably out of that. Okay. So you're, you're, give us a quick list of what is included in being queer. A synonym to queer is weird, I guess, which is probably not a great thing to start off with. (laughs) But I I think being queer is being anything that's not of the norm. Mm -hmm. So. It's hard to make a list of it, right? Heterosexual, and then anything outside of that is queer. It's queer. I think that there's things that are outside of the norm that are still heterosexual. Like what? Well, where would asexuality sit? Queerness. It is, eh? It is, yeah, yeah. But I think you could be asexual and still, because it's a spectrum, right? That's That's why they put the Q, though, at the end of LGBTQ. Yeah. Because the Q kind of encompasses anything that the LGBT missed. (laughs) No, no, it's it's a catch-all. You know that's not true at what does, because now it's LGBTQ. Plus, Plus. because some people, they've even come out and said that maybe I don't even feel like I'm queer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so like two-spirit's not queer because it's its own thing. Well, or sometimes, I don't know. I'd argue that any of them could fall under the queer category. But they just want more classifications, yeah. more descriptors. See, I think this is one of the things that makes being queer complicated. I don't think it makes it being complicated. You're just trying to label something that you want to label. Like Sorry, gay, no, no. What, what he was saying, like queer in Alberta is. I'd say being gay is a label, though. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I wouldn't say that being queer is necessarily a label. I think oh, even straight okay. people can be queer. I mean, straight people. I use air quotations. Why? Well, because I think you can be mostly heteronormative. Gotcha. But maybe every so often you like to look something up. Look something up. Have or, a little fun in a closet somewhere. But isn't that I think at a isn't, party? Isn't everybody kind of like that? I think it's a spectrum. I think there's are people no, that are because hard. of toxic masculinity. <laughs> this is the do topic. You think so? Joel. Yeah. I, I do think there's people out there that really want to follow a perceived rule book. For sure. Still no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. But just because they want to follow a perceived rule book doesn't mean they don't think Leonardo DiCaprio is an attractive man. <laughs> I think it could mean that. Yeah. I mean, I personally think Leonardo DiCaprio is a very attractive man, oh, but <laughs> two of you on one podcast. I think I think he's more attractive. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, but I don't think you finding somebody attractive makes you less heterosexual, right? Like I but I I think I if it's a man, it makes you less heterosexual. I mean, I think everybody's on a spectrum, but I think that there are absolutes on the spectrum. But that that is be- exactly what toxic masculinity is. Is that idea yeah. that any type of attractiveness to the same sex is 
a homosexual act. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. That's a good point, Joel. But it's not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I I'd agree, David. I think it's quite normal that a male can view another male as attractive, but a lot of males won't even admit that that's because. True. Of toxic masculinity. Yeah, because they don't want to be labeled as anything other than heterosexual, even though it's not. They Correct. just don't want that label to be put on them. Boy, we're scooping so much onto this because now I want to ask what toxic mas- masculinity is. Because I've heard toxic masculinity as referring to how men treat women. Well, that's part of it, but, but that's not all of it. Well, enlighten me. I mean, toxic masculinity is the the act of being what is perceived as the Boys, ultimate boy, man, masculine man. presence. Yeah. The things that you like to say occasionally like that. You but know. do you, but do you think I'm toxic, toxically masculine? I think I, every most, yeah. even myself, I think any male falls victim to toxic masculinity from time For and sure. time again. And I think you've said in the past things like, you know, you got to raise like a man, a man's got to raise a boy, right? Like that boy, he's got to have that man's influence and the men have to be men, right? Like, or during a movie, I can't cry because I'm a guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to jump on that. Sure. Yeah. Because I really challenge my own beliefs around this, Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't want to ever, and I think it's because I was raised with women and I have a daughter and I don't have any sons and you know what I mean? Like I'm surrounded by women always in my life. Yeah. And I always have been, but at the same time, I kind of consider myself pretty masculine. Well, no, yeah, but I like that's the self image I have, right? But I don't. When you say toxic masculinity, I don't want to be whatever. Like I don't want to hurt anybody, right? I don't want to be negative. I I want people to. I don't think it's about hurting other people, though. It's almost about hurting yourself more. Not allowing yourself more room to be something else. Exactly, it's putting yourself in a box and and judging other people who step outside that box. And and specifically other males, okay. I guess, in okay. that But I don't do that. No, and I don't think you ever – I guess I'm just saying like you think – well, and I don't know that I, I shouldn't say you think, but, you know, in conversations we've had, there's been the perception that, you know, you know men should be raised by other men and that there should be sort of like, you know, the yeah, fixing I, the cars. And, I do think you know, that – well, these, I don't know. I don't think fixing a car is something a guy should do. I think that there are – But specific traits that you think need to come down – from a man, I yeah. Guess. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll let Joel. I'll tell Joel what I believe, and, yeah, and people sure. listening can judge me as they will, and Joel can judge me. Oh, we will. I think that there is a tremendous problem with society, if you will, right now. Or, <laughs> and I realize that this is not maybe one hundred percent healthy. Yeah, but I think that we confuse men or boys who are who are trying to learn to be men, and I don't know what that means, mm-hmm. right? But like, I think like, that's the issue. Yeah, that is right, right. But but people want to say, am I specifically talking about straight young boys becoming straight men? I don't know. Yeah. But, but I know that in society and in roles and in relationships and in a whole bunch of things that you will find people who assign masculinity to certain things and femininity to certain things. And I think that at some point – if you're going to be taught what it is to be masculine, that needs to be taught by somebody who is masculine. But and I think, I think that, but the yeah. whole point is there's nothing to teach. Yeah. And see, and I see, and maybe this is where I differ. And this is why I'm interested in it because I, to me, it doesn't seem toxic, right? But to it me, is because you're saying, but how? because, well, for instance, like when my son at one point in time, we had gone to the concert, he wanted like this pink V neck, you know, shirt. Right. And so he wanted to wear it. And we had sort of had a conversation about it where you're kind of like, you really shouldn't let him do that. Right. So, and so I think it's things like that. Okay, But, but I don't, but I, I wouldn't for a second think that that's something that makes somebody who's masculine, masculine, not wearing a pink shirt. Right. Yeah. But, but you, many but, people would. Yeah. And, and that's what makes it toxic. Right. Okay. I'm going to give you a completely when, different example and you guys give me sure. your two cents on yeah. it. By the way, Joe, are you still there? 
I'm here. I'm okay, cool. <laughs> the, uh, um, you get a sneak peek at the podcast. You, you have a relationship. You have a man and a woman. Or, sorry, sorry. I didn't. I'm not, you don't have a man. <laughs> you, have two, you have two people in a relationship. Going down another path yeah. here. No, I meant to say you, you have two people in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if neither one is a man or a woman. That's what I meant to say. Okay. They go out to dinner. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this before. Yeah. One person pays. Yeah. And the other person doesn't pay. Right. So one person to, you know, dial it way back. One person provides for the other. I think that's a problem to start with. Okay, but but just let me say, no, I don't. If you guys yell at me, I don't care. I don't care. I just uh, like I literally have questions about this, and I want to hear Joel's perspective, not yours, because I've heard yours. (laughs) But I personally think, and I'm challenged to know if this is toxic or not. I think that providing for somebody is a masculine thing to do. I think being provided for is a feminine thing to do, and I don't think, and I think that a woman can fill that role of being the provider. I think a man can fill the role of being the receiver. It's just this perception that I have. Why does it have to be feminine? No, Joel, let's, I, let's hear Joel. Well, I think the issue with that statement is that you're, you're attracting, no, sorry, you're attaching a trait yeah, to, masculine to gender. Oh, but I, I'm not attaching it to gender. I'm, I'm, I'm attaching it to this concept of masculinity and, and femininity. But they're attached to gender. They like, can be, they can be, but you, you, you must acknowledge that there's men who have a lot of, I have a lot of feminine traits. See, but that's right? what toxic masculinity. That's Kylie what it is. Has a lot of, is it? Yes. Yes. That's, so it's, it's just this recognition that. Well, it's you labeling it. It's, it's you labeling saying, someone as being yeah. feminine when they're just expressing themselves. Yeah. It's labeling it that's the toxic part. Labeling a guy in particular in yeah. that circumstance, someone who identifies as male, and saying that you're more female because you have, have painted traits. nails or yeah. because you you cry. But I'm not talking about crying in painted nails. I'm talking about like more fundamental things, but right? Okay. Okay. Here's another one then. So you have. Two people, their gender doesn't matter, and they have a child. Mm -hmm. And one of them spends more time caring for the child, and the other person, Jen's already laughing. Whether you want to look at this as uh, the way we look at things in 2021 or the way we looked at things in 1600, women traditionally have been the people who took care of the children, which translates to me into that being a feminine trait. That's the problem. But that's what we're trying to shake up. <laughs> but how, okay, okay, then, then okay. And we've draw got, recognition to, right? But we, we've got that established. How do you fix it? You stop by, labeling everything. And, yeah, and, and bringing acknowledgement to it, right? Yeah. But how do you acknowledge the fact that for 100,000 years, we have had genders and we have had gender-based roles? Like, how do you But you there's reasons that? for that. It's because women weren't allowed in a lot of yeah. circumstances to do more than there that, right? There wasn't the opportunity, right? Like, it's not like they it's couldn't been an get equal jobs. society. They, they couldn't be involved in, in voting. They couldn't have a oh, voice, yeah, but, right? Okay, okay, this is, okay, fair enough, fair enough. But that's also a lens from the past 150 years. Right. Sure. Like I'm talking. But about- so is it is attack or sorry attaching traits to yeah. well, being it, feminine or masculine because they are. I, I kind of get where you're coming from. I think, but they are terms that are attached to gender. Yeah. So why can't you say that providing someone is a a strong trait? Because I would agree with that. It, mm-hmm. Someone who wants to be provider, they probably have a lot of strength to them, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe. Well, well, and I think the thing with femininity and feminine qualities. Oh my is god, that, this podcast is going to be a nightmare to edit. I know. The, the, like, like now <laughs> it's becoming a good podcast. The HR stuff was Dude, like. This eh. is like two podcasts. Right? <laughs> yeah, this but is. I think the I think from as a female, and I think when you refer to feminine and you sort of talk about childcare, there's a perception of weakness involved in that, right? Really? Like, see, I don't see that at all because you're not being labeled that way. You're not saying that your role is this and that's feminine. And then when you go talk to a man who stays home and you say that's a feminine. Okay, trait, you know. Okay, you know what? Fine, I, I, I will agree with you guys that when you're talking about a guy who 
never went to university, a guy mm-hmm. who has no education, a guy who, you know, what has has all these personality traits where he drives a big fucking giant truck yeah. and he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. And he says being a man is being strong and being a woman is being weak. I'm not talking about that. No, I'm, just, I'm talking yeah. about somebody who is trying to be enlightened. But it's subtle, right? I think that's the problem with toxic masculinity. It's not the extreme. It's all the subtleties that are that are sort of this undercurrent that we're trying to It's, sort it's of things normalize. that you do that you probably don't even realize. Yeah. Are a result of it, right? It's it's as you've mentioned, it's things that you were raised to believe. If yeah. you have a friend come up to you and say, "My wife and I are having a kid. I'm going to take paternity leave." What's your initial reaction, honestly? Well, I think he's flaky. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like that's a. Po- but why is he flaky? Well, because I'm 49 and I have these. <laughs> See, and I'd argue that as a, as a male, especially a male battling a culture where toxic masculinity is a huge thing, it's a strong thing to come forward yes. and say. I'm going to take a step back from my career and be the stay-at-home parent. parent. Yeah, no, yeah. and I don't disagree. And I just want to say because because Jen, I'm being honest. No, right? I appreciate like, that. I'm being yeah. honest. I'm I'm saying like I'm 49, mm-hmm. and this is honestly how I I could pretend I'm woke. No, I don't right? want you. Like to. I could, but I'm also a guy who's 49 who is legitimately trying to understand this because yeah. I don't want to be I don't want to engage in toxic masculinity, but yeah. I also have these preconceived notions. Well, these beliefs, yeah. right? These beliefs. Well, like, I guess that's why I asked but, the question. It's not to make fun of you, but it's to point out that it's just it's just there, right? Like, and it's, it's similar just, to stereotyping, I'd yeah. probably say, right? It's when you think something, realizing that it's toxic masculinity that's causing you to have that thought and, and correcting your thought patterns, right? So when you see a guy with painted nails, instead of thinking he must be gay, thinking to yourself, or maybe he's just expressing himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I don't, and I, don't get me wrong. I know there's guys who are. I know there's. I know homeopho- homophobia exists and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If I see a guy with painted nails, the last thing I'm going to do is judge him. I would agree with that. Like, right? I think you're like I think in that regard, like I think you are progressive, and I think you are accepting. Like I, you know, but I think a lot of the the toxic masculinity traits that I would say you have are just so subtle, right? They're just yeah. biases okay, if you're, are so ingrained in who you are. If your three year old son came to you and said, "I want to wear this dress." Would you allow it? I 100% would let my three-year-old son wear a dress. And yeah. see, and that's kind yeah. of working against it, right? Because there's many individuals out there who would say, no, dresses are for girls. Yeah. But if but if my my daughter came up to me and wanted to do something masculine, I would support that as well. Okay. But, but hey, that is – that's a good train of thought. Yeah. Here's here's the person I've been keeping on the phone for, to ask their opinion. Joe, you're still there, right? Oh, yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. Well, I think that that's normal when kids are dressing in like – you know, like Ivan and our brother used to dress in dresses growing up and just loved it. Yeah, I don't. Especially when you're a kid, because I grew up with women, right? So if it's so, a teenager. And I have a story, actually. I watched a documentary about trans, it was actually about transgender kids. Mm-hmm. And they were like, these parents were letting their kids trans, like, go into, you know, were accepting that these kids were believing they were, you know, man or female and switching over at the age of like 12, 13 years old. And one of the stories was the boy was like, I don't even know how old he was. He was like young, like six years old. And he liked to play in dresses and the mom started to, and then because in this day and culture, it's like accepting transgender. Mm-hmm. So that's what she felt was happening. And she would take him to these like groups and, of and, and being, having him go on stage and be like, I'm transgender and all this stuff. And then, then later he just completely changed his mind and was like, no, I'm not a girl. But he was saying I'm a girl earlier because, it's, because it's he's a just phase, so right? young. But it's because it's just so talked about it's that it was like the phase. parents were almost driving it. In no, that for direction. this kid it was. Oh, this yeah. kid and was yeah. You know what? I do agree that you can take it too far. Yeah. I, I do think that you just need to let kids express themselves mm-hmm. in yeah, the manner 100%. that they want. Well, yeah. And, and again, to label it transgender. Yeah. Don't yeah. label it transgender. Don't say, oh, are you gay when you want, when your son wants well, to wear a dress? Well, and it's just like there's so many other, like growing up, there was like punk, emo you know, so many things, 
preppy or whatever. And, and like the young kids would wear like eyeliner, you know, they would wear like it was considered it wouldn't be gay to wear nail polish. You were like emo or punk. But, it was but, black, but, but, but let me ask you this, because here's the question. And this might derail on me because I have no idea. If you were single and you were dating and you were going to meet a guy, how important to you would it be that he had classic masculine traits? And be honest. Yeah, see, right now what she's doing is trying to, she knows the answer. She's afraid to say it. Joe? I mean, I'm attracted to the feminine traits in men. Really? And like, hence, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I like fucking never best, expected that. No, like my best friend is gay, right? So yeah. it's just that kind of like, I guess. And like growing up, I had multiple gay friends and I think it's just that attraction. But, you're, like but, that. Your, part, but your husband's not feminine at no, all. No, but I guess. But you, I don't know if I was, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You keep labeling it feminine though, right? Like it's hard for me to say that if I met someone that was like on the feminine side, like less masculine, but I was attracted to, maybe I would, I don't know. There's huh. so many men right now that are more feminine and but, that Metro is would say. That's exactly that what comes in to yeah, relationships. That's, that's what exactly it is. what it is. It's is, saying that this is feminine. This is masculine. It's saying that you wouldn't like you're late. You're still labeling it with these traits, which is the toxic part. Yeah. But I don't think you can remove those. You sure can. Stay away from that. <laughs> really? Well, I think it just comes. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, labels. <laughs> I don't know. This is not, I don't know. It's just the whole like this maybe is too political, but like the, the pronouns right now. Like, I don't know. For me, it comes down to the simplicity of like, okay, someone wants to be referred to as he, she, they, them, la, la, la. But it's just us being able to classify someone. And society loves to put you he, in a box. Mm-hmm. They she, love it. Yeah. Sure. And it's. Like, it's like, I want to be referred to as a he, but it's just like, you have these parts. It's just easy for society to be like, you're a she, you're a yeah. he. I mean, perfect yeah. example of wanting to be placing people in a box is um, Service Canada just sent out those. Oh, the census? The census, yeah. And the questions on the census was your sex at birth and how you identify now. And in both fields, the only options were male or female. <laughs> So they clearly don't want... So they think they're woke, but not really. But not really. Yeah. But also, why do they need to know your, your sex at birth? Yeah. And and more true. so, yeah. why do they still want you to put yourself in the male or female box? And yeah. Well, they want to know because there's people who will look at the census. They don't care what you identify with, right? Well, they want it for statistics. They want it yeah. for reporting. Yeah. They want to know how many men get a certain type of cancer. They want to know how many women get a certain yeah, type of cancer. Yeah. And then it just comes down to that. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and in and those questions, so it doesn't matter how you identify, right? But like, why yeah, wouldn't you add exactly. another question then to ask? And that's what I'm saying about this whole he, she thing. It doesn't matter how you identify. It's just like a way of like society to be able to you know, so what's what, what, not what, so much things about, like censuses, but like, I don't think it's not yeah. so much about society. I mean, I get what you're saying in terms of the label of he, she, they, them, and society saying I need to put you in this box. But a lot of people who choose different pronouns are saying I want a box that I fit, right? Yes. So I, I think it comes from both perspectives. So I think as much as the everybody's trying to put you in a label, people are like, I want a label that fits. Okay, right? so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Joel this because I'm I'm interested in this. What do I do? Like, what do I do? So you you no no I'm <laughs> being broad honest. Question, I'm though. being honest. Like like I have a very classic and somewhat passionate belief that, uh, you know, on an extreme, you could say men are men and women are women. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I do believe that society needs masculinity and society needs femininity. And you're telling me that that's toxic and it's wrong. And then what do I do? You do the same thing that I do and that Jen probably does. And, and when you catch yourself having those thoughts, mm -hmm. you correct yourself and you educate yourself, of course, too, right? Yeah. But that's the biggest thing you can do. And I'm just as guilty of it. Don't For get sure. me wrong. Totally. Um, I catch myself all the time. And I and, my own actions, right? I think to myself, why don't I want to cry in public? And it's because I've been told that males shouldn't cry. Mm -hmm. 
Which is a problem. But I, right. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, but this is a good point. Yeah. I don't cry. I cry when I'm alone. I cry when I'm with my partner. Why don't you cry? But I, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, because I can't, because I think that, because the, the virtue of being masculine has been so burned mm-hmm. deep into me that I just don't, right? And it's recognizing that. And I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's been a miracle and that I've been able to just cry tears, but I, I that's what I attribute it to. Mm-hmm. I, I think to myself, the reason why I don't have the emotional reaction that I, I maybe want to have is because it's it's so ingrained. It's yeah. burned yeah. into me, right? That's so interesting because, I mean, raising boys now, it's so important to me that I am considerate of that, right? So I hope they're different. But I think for you, when you're in these conversations- Oh, with that your- hurts. She's raising her boys to be different from me. She's like, I don't want them to be like you. What? A, yeah, you but know. I also think that whole like men masculinity and crying and stuff is cultural as well. And like where you're from, because like, honestly, like my husband is Turkish and those men will slap each other's, you know, they'll put their hands in a friendly gesture on another man's like leg. And mm-hmm. it's completely normal. Yeah, they're very touchy. They're more sure. emotional. They're very, I, I very agree. Touchy. And they're I, I more think... emotional. And like, yeah, certain cultures, it is it's definitely a more box of what like a yeah. man should look like and masculinity. And, and I would blame media for that. And especially sure. yeah. in Western culture, right? I think media yeah. is the biggest reason why we have this perceived notion of what it is to be masculine. Not with me. See, not with me. That's 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 why I struggle with but this so much. how is it not with you? It be, shaped your parents? Have I, shaped... never, I thought I told the story about like where I get masculinity from, like from my grandfather. I've told this yeah, story. But, that's yeah. but where did he get it from? Yeah. Like he was oh, raised that way. He, My grandfather was a different kind of man. He was, a, he, you know, he would be almost a hundred years old now if he was still mm-hmm. alive. And and he was a hard man from the. But who told him to be that sketch. way? You know, I. It was a different time. It was different. I, I, I can't identify with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was there was a strength that was associated to masculinity, and it was not in any way, shape, or form toxic or negative or anything like that. And it did not take away from different forms of strength that were associated with femininity. But they worked together, and that's what I learned growing up. Right, and so but now those are gender roles. Those are gender. They roles. are. They are. And it's but a this time is the when struggle. Women were and I'm not defending it. I'm not yeah. saying it's right. I'm saying that this is what I grew up with, and and this is what I think. I don't know. Like that's that. I guess that's the struggle right now, right? And to say, you know, in the span of, you know, my grandfather died when I was 18, so that would have been around 1990, I guess. Right, and uh, he was in the 70s, so 1990 was like what 31 years ago. Mm-hmm. So in 31 years, which is a generation, we've taken this huge yeah. jump. And I think trying to sort through it all and sure. trying to, you know, keep everybody whole in it, it's, it's difficult, right? But yeah, I would agree. I think, but two things I hear you, one thing I hear you say is just sort of, well, you know, this is just what I learned. It was, a, it's based on 150 years. It's based on this. It's based on that. Right. And I, and I understand that, but that doesn't mean that it, it can't stop where that is and a new kind of way happens yeah, it'll, it'll, for you. But right? I think and, having honest discussion like this is how it happens. For sure. right? I look at it from my perspective, right? I mean, in a same sex relationship, where is there room for gender roles? There really isn't. But people love to say, assume that there is gender gonna, roles. I was going to ask that. That's actually like, one of the things I was going to ask. One's the wife and one's the they, husband. They love to ask. Right? So which which of you is the girl? Which of you is the guy? When you get invited to all the girl things. Well, I know, right? So yeah. does that make me the girl? Yeah, which is crazy. And and no is the answer. It absolutely yeah. doesn't. But people love to, to label you, right? I mean, I, I'll equate it to modern family. People love to to compare me and my partner to the queer couple on Modern Family. Yeah. You know, you're more of a Cam and you're more of a, I forget the other guy's Mitch. name right now. Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's just, it's another way of 
putting a label, a label or, yeah. or putting me in particular into a box. Well, right? I think it's really about hetero people being able to logically make sense of what's happening. Right. And so, you know, which isn't fair and it's not right that we're oh, sort of. Okay. Okay. So just to clarify. Yeah. So you're saying that, that you're both like, you don't have any gender roles in your relationship. How could you? Or you do? Well, no, that's, you're assuming that there are gender no, roles. No, no, no. I'm asking. I'm asking. Yeah. But I guess that would be the assumption that, that some, the person. No, who, let him answer. You, you don't know. That the person who cleans is feminine. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I would say no because I, I don't. There's only one gender, right? Yeah. And, and there's roles that need to be done. Yeah. So, what gender role would what you? What gender role would you? Yeah. Ask no, about. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm just saying. But the, but what you're but saying people is that love to. It assume. doesn't come so, up. So I because I'm perceived as the more I guess feminine one maybe in the relationship from time to time. Really, I've been accused of being provided for, mm-hmm. much like you were implying. <laughs> <laughs> Was I? Yeah, well, you're just saying that yeah. being provided for is a feminine trait. So yeah. I think people assume that, oh, oh, okay. that if you're more feminine, then maybe you're the one that's being provided for. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes a good point. And that's not the case, right? Yeah. I mean, well, and it should but be. people love to, yeah. they like to make those assumptions, right? They like to, because that's what makes sense. And that's what's yeah. been ingrained. And that's what's occurred for 150 years. There's there's a woman that does A, B, and C. See, this is interesting. This is really interesting to me because you, that's a 100% good point. Because, and I think a lot of the things when you talk about your relationship with your partner, and I talk about my relationship with my partner, ideally, there's not that much difference. Right. right. Like just because the only difference is gender. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I provide for Carol Ann, it's meaningless stuff, right? Like maybe I pay for dinner every now and then, right? Or maybe I do this or I do that. And there's this like stereotype and she appreciates it. And I feel like I'm doing the, you know, I'm doing the masculine thing by paying for dinner. But that's a really good point. In the big picture, I don't provide for her. We, yeah. We're partners and, you know, she pays bills and I chip in and stuff like that. And there's, it's all meaningless. So that's actually, that's well, a good I, insight. And I guess when I, you're when you're paying for it and you're saying this is, I'm masculine and I'm paying for it, why can't you just be, I'm a good partner and paying for it? And that's what toxic masculinity also yeah. is, right? It's yeah. that elated feeling for many males when they provide. When they, when they provide because, or, there's, because there's this preconception that yeah. I should pay for dinner. Yeah. Right. And, and if, if in our relationship it works that I pay for dinner and it makes her happy and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, great. But that's just our relationship. Yes. And, and that's yeah. a exact, that's a good example of one you could correct yourself. You could say, yes, I shouldn't feel good about this because it made me feel more masculine. I should feel good about this because I'm it made my partner happy. Yeah, exactly. I'm, oh, yeah. fuck. We're saving the world again. Well, let's <laughs> loosen conversational podcast figures it all out. Let's yeah. save you first. I want you, I challenge you in the next few weeks. Like anytime you're like, I'm a man doing this, I want you to say I'm a good partner doing this. No, Jen, honestly, honestly, I, I think about this all the time. I live in two worlds. I, on one hand, I have this belief that men are men and women are women mm-hmm. and we are best served by Playing embodying our roles. Our roles. <laughs> but at the same time, oh, no, no, I, but, but that's, yeah. I mean, I can't help it. I can't help what I was raised with. Right. You I can't, can't help it. I think that's the point. No, but then on. there's the other side, right. Where, yeah. where I'm surrounded by strong women and mm-hmm. I would never in a million years want to believe in something that caused anybody pain. Yeah. Right. But it's your internal dialogue. Right. Yeah. But that's why this is good because yeah. it, because it's one thing to challenge the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, this is wrong. But then there's a part of me that's like, well, then what's the fucking answer? Mm-hmm. But he just gave it, right? Like that's that's a really good insight that providing for somebody is completely fucking superficial. Mm-hmm. And maybe a lot of the gender stereotypes we have that are attached to masculinity versus femininity. May, like, honestly, when I was, when Callie was little and I would have my day off and I would completely take care of it, and I would enjoy it and it was great and it was one of the most rewarding things ever. That didn't harm my masculinity. Mm-hmm. No. Right. Like if anything, I felt it made me feel good, right? Yeah. There's this preconception that that's women's work though, right? Mm-hmm. Right now with my current partner, Carol Ann, 
Joe's sister, <laughs> you know, I, as different from my relationship with my ex-wife, I do just as much housework as she does. Mm-hmm. I do just as much stuff around the house as she does. I do like all the stuff, right? Whereas I think my ex-wife and I had very traditional, old-fashioned Saskatchewan values. I like didn't do housework. Yeah. Like I didn't, right? But now it, it doesn't matter. So I think this is a really good insight that a lot of these, I think that what makes... And correct me if I'm wrong. I think that what makes a lot of toxic masculinity toxic is believing superficial things are important. I think and labeling I and labeling. labeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, labeling that's a big piece of it, right? And yeah. it's not just individuals; it's it's entire industries. And I say that as someone who's been planning a wedding. Mm. The wedding industry, everything is bride, bride and groom. And groom. <laughs> And, and bride's mother. And the traditions are all yeah. bride and groom. And and it's really hard yeah. to and it's it's fun for me in some ways, and maybe that's just a personal thing, but I'm essentially reinventing the wheel. Well, me and my partner are reinventing the wheel as to what makes sense for us. Mm-hmm. But why can't every wedding be what makes sense to you, right? Why do we follow these totally. traditions that that place us in these gender roles, such as, you know, a, a bride wearing a a garter that yeah. a man has to go bite that, off. That, so that is a whole other podcast. That's well, so crazy. probably. But. Yeah. 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 We could get into that. All right. Well, this is great. So that we're, we are so over time. <laughs> this is going to be just keep a, going and have two podcasts. Is, no, because we don't do that anymore. Well, we could. Well, I think we can carve this into two good podcasts right now. Two good podcasts. No, no. So we can carve, <laughs> we can carve this into. See, and that's the other problem is I'm getting drunk. That's a great problem. Yeah. That's what I like you best. Is it? Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll go for 10 more minutes. Okay. But we're not, no, we, we said we're not going to make, we're never going to do the part one, part two podcast again. Well, this is good though. I think we've got two very distinct parts. You got HR, no, pigeons. No, you know what it is? This. It is. There's no part one anymore. Because remember Marissa? Yeah. Marissa part one, not got great. Marissa part two, great. So all we do with this one, we like fucking throw away the first 45 minutes. Well, I would agree because the first 45 minutes were terrible. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joel? I don't even remember them at this point. So. I remember walking to the washroom <laughs> and being like, "That's this is really boring. We need to change it up. <laughs> well, okay. Like, we're going to fucking start with the pigeons. Oh, let me, oh, I like the HR stuff. There's good stuff in there. There was some good Future stuff Future David, in the I guess keep what's good. Future David. Yeah. Let me just ask you one question. When you were taking care of Callie on your days off, uh-huh. was it viewed as you were babysitting her? By me? No, by people. Like, oh, like, would they be like, oh, Megan, is David babysitting no, Callie? Ca- no, Callie's 17. She's not 40. No, but like my growing up, whenever my dad watched us, he was no, babysitting no, no, us. No, no. no Callie, especially during the Canmore years, yeah. right? And the first maybe little bit of the Edmonton years. I guess I am 40, so it is different. <laughs> yeah, no, the yeah, no, the taking care of, because I would work Tuesday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I'd have Sunday, Mondays off. Sunday was family day. And then Monday, Megan would go to work and I would take care of Callie. And, and for, you know, some of it, was she'd go to preschool or she'd go to kindergarten or she'd go to, you know, whatever. And I, I stay home and jerk off furiously. And <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds like such a nice memory. And then you, you ruined yeah, it with just jerking had to off spoil furiously. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when I picked her up, well, yeah, we, we had a little routine. And it was so great. Like it was yeah. literally like, I think for both of us and Callie might think differently now, or maybe she doesn't remember. I don't know, but it's my memory and I like it. It was like just the best part of the week. Right. Yeah. So no, there was no sense That's that so it was, sweet. yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And her and I, the things we used to do and the little adventures we used to go on and stuff, they were awesome. And she was such like in a time where a lot of the things around my life were kind of negative and stressful. She was like this tiny little 
ray of sunshine and positivity and love <laughs> and happiness and stuff i like so, how you say that with such disgust in your voice like, i'm not saying it with disgust no but it's like almost it is a little bit no like, you know what it is not it's not disgust it's it's you know when you you're sad that something is in the past right yeah. and it doesn't happen anymore and i still like hanging out with her but she's like grown up now oh, I right when you get to those days like she and she's great and i love talking to her and she's still like one like she's still probably we just have a special kind of relationship mm-hmm. and stuff but she's 17 going on 30 right now yeah, right crazy. so so I, I guess i wanted to go back a little bit to queer in alberta do you still find you suffer from discrimination i i've personally have had pretty good experiences yeah but i also would say that when i need to be i can be 100 percent straight passing i yeah. was just gonna say you don't you you, you don't skip around and yeah and, and but honestly that's a lot of times that probably is toxic masculinity because i think yeah. that when i get a few oh, drinks into me and it yeah. becomes more of my truer self, perhaps. Yeah. I, I might fall a bit more subject to maybe typical gay stereotypes, right? Yeah. But I have such a problem with that too, because when again- you, When you're drunk, you become 0.0, 0 gay. That's what we yeah, call Yeah. But it. people, again, love to put you in a box, right? Yeah. So they, I'll have females, and I hate to point out a sex, but- Here we go. I, I'll have Labeling. <laughs> females who, who approach me with a, you know, hey girl. Yeah. And, and that's not me at all. Yeah. yeah. And- but they think, oh, well, they know that he's gay. So, and your coming out story, I mean, it was pretty easy for you, right? Like you... Well, I mean, this is a, probably an entire podcast in itself, but yeah. I don't agree with the need to come out. Yeah, I would agree with that now. But I, I mean, you came out obviously years ago, but... I don't think I did a good job at it. Yeah. But again, it's because... How I, did you do it? I, I didn't really do it at all. I just kind of started living my life home. Yeah, yeah. In, in a queer way. I mean, I guess I did it more so with my parents, Yeah, but I never really pulled any friends aside. And, and I have fantastic friends that no one's ever treated me any differently. And I mean, kudos to them because, you know, there's obviously a lot of people in the queer community who, when they mm. choose to live their truest life, yeah. they it's aren't celebrated because of that. Yeah. I, I just struggled with the fact that you, like, you never had to go to someone and say, no, I'm straight. I, I want to date a male, yeah. right? <laughs> totally. Because it was just allowable. Yeah. By society's perceived yeah. norms, it's expected. right? It's expected. Yeah. yeah, and for me, I really struggle with the fact that I think: like, Do I really have to pull people aside and yeah. say I prefer a penis over a when you're right, you vagina? Shouldn't. And I shouldn't. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but but I think what you do with them is so different with the penises. Yeah, I think you still actually I think what you do with your penis is still the same ish. But it's not about sex. No, for sure. It's just about who you want to spend your life yeah. with, right? And I still don't even know if I'm necessarily gay right yeah. like i would say that i'm queer but had i fallen for a woman would have that yeah. changed things i mean i, I don't know because yeah. it hasn't happened right yeah i definitely prefer men men but yeah. everything's on a scale well and i think it's interesting because it's like i hope like the generation i'm raising i hope that there is never a conversation i hope like sean and i are very conscious of making sure that we don't use gender specific pronouns that it's you know who's your partner going to be who's your you know so that hopefully whenever they bring someone home it's not it's not a conversation it's and just, it shouldn't be right this is who i love this is who i want to date and so i really hope that for you know and, and the unfortunate part about the conversation is that it gives the opportunity for shock value shock value uh, and rejection and rejection yeah. absolutely right and and I think, and I, I, I can think back to telling both of my parents, to be honest, and you, you build up this climax mm. and it's just so anticlimactic. <laughs> well, that's probably a good thing though. <laughs> I mean, for me personally, right? I'm yeah. not saying for everyone. Yeah. I, I absolutely can respect that some people have had some very difficult yeah. um, Trump, com- yeah. coming out. But for, for me, at least, you know, both of them were like, yeah, we knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly wouldn't like, and. Kelly, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, I'm not saying one way or another, but but if my child came out as one way or another, Anything. I, I wouldn't 
Like I honestly, and maybe it's because just the the world around me and the way things are, I I wouldn't care. Yeah, I do think it's a good argument to say that being you know gay is probably more accepted. But I still mm-hmm. think that what if your daughter came to you and said, "I want to transition to a male." Hey, I just had a nephew transition. Honestly, like I, as long as, and this is, I know this is cheesy. As long as she's happy, yeah. Like, like if something existed in her life that was making her unhappy and she could do something to make herself happier than 100%. So you're like two different people. You're like, you're like two different <laughs> fucking people. You're like on one hand, like you said, like this, no, like, Jen, you know what I am? Person, no, you know what I like am? This, like, no, you know what I am? Honestly, life. I'm honest. Yeah. I'm honest. I, I live in a world where it is fucking confusing. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you can be a good, kind, progressive person who comes from a past where things were different mm-hmm. and yeah. not just turn around and say everything that I used to know was wrong. Yeah. And you can say this yeah. is who I am and I'm trying to I'm trying to be the best person I can. And that's what it's yeah. about, right? It's about yeah. being a better person than you were a year ago, yeah. 6 months 100%. ago. 100%. And actively you know? seeking to be better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I just watched and maybe it was the same documentary that Joe watched, but I watched a, a documentary on transgender individuals and uh, it was Laverne Cox's documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Was that was that the thing there Joe? Are you still there? Well, I don't I don't remember, but maybe because I think it was on Netflix <laughs> or I don't know. Probably. 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 Fucking crave. I don't know. But But it it opened my eyes because, again, I I think as, you know, someone who is gay. It did. It was very – mine was very enlightened and sad too because I do believe I was – I'm very ignorant with that as well and a little bit judgmental for sure. And um, it did open my eyes seeing these people and being like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I don't know. I didn't understand that at all and that people kind of felt that way and that truly I was like, oh, yeah, you are – by heart, you know, a, to- a totally opposite sex than you were born yeah. with. So the documentary opened your eyes? Right. Yes. Yeah. So and what it made me realize is that I feel like in, you know, my community, many steps have been taken. Obviously, there's many more that mm-hmm. still need to be taken, but the, the trans community is even more so still well, needing- Well, they're more vulnerable at this that, point in time. Yeah. Less absolutely, right? Yeah. And, and that was eye-opening, right? Because I think, you know, my experience- wasn't that bad, but it's yeah. because the people before me had done so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yet totally. the trans community is still very much, you know, but at risk of that rejection I, that we spent. And this right? is where Jen was like, like, you know, you're two people. Get ready for the other one, Jen. I don't like the other one. Yeah. No. Yeah, no nobody likes the other one. <laughs> but I think that w- what you're saying is true because we've had, you know, since I was a child, like when's, what's the big uprising that happened in San Francisco? The Oh, the AIDS? The, no, the, there was a riot. Fuck, I can't think of the name of it. You're, are you talking about Stonewall? Yeah, Stonewall. Stonewall, that, yeah, 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 yeah. that was New York, though. Oh, sorry, was it? I'm pretty sure. I think uh, Joe's probably right. I, Polly? Gee, I, gee I, wonder <laughs> why, well, I wonder why I thought it was San Francisco. Let's call for Polly. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably right. And everybody listening is like, it's fucking New York, David. Yeah, you fucking idiot. Anyway, but we've had time to adjust to it. But even now, it's interesting because we're still in the stage with trans people where we can make fun of them and make jokes. No. And it, no, but it's risky, but you can still do it, right? <laughs> like if you, you dead name somebody, it. you can still, people will want to cancel you for dead naming, but you won't get canceled, right? And I think, so huh. it'll be interesting to see. No, it's true. It's 100% true. Watch watch Dave Chappelle. And we all laugh at it, but there's trans people who are hurt by it, right? Mm. Anyway. But again, this is how media shapes things. And, and I'll use Stonewall as an example. When you look at the depictions of Stonewall in the media, it's all white people that are expressing their gayness, I mm-hmm. guess, in in the streets of New York. But the reality of Stonewall was a bunch of misfits and, and it was very much a group of colored individuals. I, yeah. I learned about it by watching the cartoon Big Mouth. 
and and they weren't all white. Well, but I also thought it was San Francisco. So. so, do you think the media used white people to further the agenda? Then to Perhaps. make it palatable, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Because yeah. if you you know at the time, especially in the seventies, right? So, but still, yeah. Well, so, how many how many people I think of the color media- that are trans do you know of? I, I mean, I don't know a lot, but I'm sure there are, right? Like, well, absolutely, there is. I yeah. mean, Laverne Cox being a, a good example. Yeah. Um, I just threw and, that and out I mean, there. I don't, I don't know any. <laughs> and I mean, Caitlyn Jenner being the opposite of that, right? I mean, she's, but she's done a lot of good, but she's also done a lot of. She has and terrible she, views. She's done a lot of good in terms of that she came out so publicly, and you but know, but she had the money to do it, yeah, and do it right per se, yeah. right? She, she had the money for. All the cosmetic surgery yeah. to make her look as feminine as possible. But well, there's all you, you could yeah. also argue to fit in that box that society. You could wants also to argue see. that she waited till the last possible second before she did it. Well, she did. When well, there she, were, she and asked, she denied it for a long time. Yeah, and that's toxic masculinity. Yeah. Just a full circle here. Yeah, well, yeah, especially but, but, with yeah. Bruce Jenner at the time, because I mean, this like you know, athletic Olympian. Like I can only imagine the struggle that Bruce Jenner felt. Yeah. You know, in the 70s and 80s, right? As So how long till trans people are accepted? I hope tomorrow. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking to myself, right? And not to say that even gay people are still accepted in this days in this day and age, I should say, but mm-hmm. I f- I do feel like the gay community is more accepted at this point than the trans community. Sure, yeah. And and maybe that's just my naiveness to it. And certainly I'm looking at it from a, a privileged lens and, mm-hmm. and here's being in Canada. Here's but, my issue with the Edmonton gay community. Oh, can't do we do this? Do you know what I'm going to say? No, no, you know what I'm going to say. Do I've I? said this before. Oh, okay. Is the where we work, we have reached out several times mm. because we in all good – like we, we want to it, – it benefits us. It benefits – everybody to to have a good relationship with the Edmonton gay community and they have they have rejected us at every at every at every step so we have no involvement with them and this is your business yeah the hotel the hotel yeah okay and uh, because our brand fits with it and stuff and it's and we're not trying to like milk anything we're just saying like hey tell us where we can be involved and where we can support things and stuff there's this uh federal initiative to how do i say this communities in canada can appeal to it and try to be recognized as a gay friendly travel destination right so uh, we had this big call a few months ago and where edmonton was going to try to get this we were asked to be a part of it. So I said, sure. So I was on the call. It became super clear. Like a few minutes into the call, I was the only straight person on the call. And I'm like, whatever, like, that's fine. Like everybody was almost kind of like peacocking the things that they had done with the gay community, which is fine. And then when it came to us, I was like, well, you know, we don't really have that much. And then the guy who was mediating or running the meetings asked, you know, listen, anybody have any questions? Anybody want to talk? Anybody have anything to offer? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, we're an organization. We're, we're, we're larger than, than most of the other things. I don't have anybody here. Like I'm not gay or, you know, and, and every time we've reached out to the gay community in Edmonton, like it's a very closed community, which seems to be ironic. And when you look at pride getting canceled and things like that, that kind of shows it. And I just said, what do we need to do? Because to, to be able to take part in this, not one person said anything. And, and their silence was basically like nothing. There's nothing you can do. The guy who was running the meeting said, well, maybe you could find somebody in your organization who was gay, who could champion this. And I said, okay, fair enough. Fine. Right. Right. So then I send an email out to everybody in the hotel. And at the time, I mean, he's since left, but we had probably two people who were gay who could champion this for us. But I couldn't say, hey, 
token gay guys, can you take this for us? So I sent out an email to everybody, said, can I get somebody to champion this? Because we really want to be involved with this. I think there's on both sides, there's a lot of good we can do and blah, blah, blah. Neither one stepped up. We're automatically excluded. And I just don't get that. I don't think I would say that the Edmonton gay community is toxic. They would say that. Do you think so? The gay community would say they were toxic? Yeah, because it's been talked. <laughs> no, it's been talked. Why do you think Pride was canceled? Well, no, sorry. I was going to say, I think the Edmonton gay community has their, their guard up. I, I think that they're afraid to let a lot of businesses in. And I'll, I'll equate it to my own experience. Even dealing with wedding vendors, Alberta businesses just aren't that receptive to the queer community. Oftentimes, right? They they fall. You're worried, obviously, that they fall in line with maybe views of our our UCP government yeah. that that they kind of have these. Yeah, but 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 isn't automatically excluding somebody just because they don't look and sound like you toxic? We weren't asking for anything. I, I don't think it is. If there's a fear that they could pr- harm you, right? But how could we? Pa- we were trying to. Be I, I'm not saying you per se, yeah, right? But but, but the police, as an example, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there was a lot of fear there that the mm-hmm. police just haven't done enough. And and that's the reason why. And I'm not saying it was the right reason. I mean, personally, I I think there's there's I know members of the R or uh, of the Edmonton Police Force at least that are queer. And, and I think that they perhaps could have definitely, you know, been involved in the in the gay pride parade and, and so on and so forth. But I, I can understand why the community feels that the police is a, a threatening force and mm-hmm. and that oh, they just sure, haven't yeah. done enough overall, right? I so, think I think every single community out there honestly, I'll get political here, is justified in thinking the police are a threatening force. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like us. Unless you're a police. No, unless you're white and middle class, <laughs> whatever you whatever is acceptable by them, right? Yeah. But they, yeah, I, I can understand that. But again, I guess it just goes back to your point that they're not accepting the police because there isn't enough people who work at the EPS that are like them. It's yeah. just more about the, the overall business. And, and again, that fear, right? So and I don't know what it would have been about a hotel that may have caused them to be weary. And I'm not saying that was even the case, but yeah. I'm just saying I do no, think No, it wasn't that, about the hotel. It's the fact that I wasn't gay. Is that, but is that, that just your perception? No, no. it's it's the fact that, that, that even after I addressed it, nobody said anything. Like there was no attempt at all to But how do they know if you're gay or not? Me. Well, he told them. Oh. <laughs> well, because I said, I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm but not. what is there to say to because that? Every, because every single person who would talk when it was their turn to talk, would talk about, you know, as, you know, I as a gay man and blah, blah, blah. So when it came to me, what the fuck was I going to say? Well, maybe right? not that you. Just... It could have been perceived as dismissive though, or, yeah. or not inclusive to say, it could have been. well, I'm not gay, but. Well, I didn't, I didn't say it in the introductory part, but later, but no, because it, to me, it was a valid part of saying what the issue, because this wasn't the first time that we had reached out to the gay community in Edmonton and been rebuffed. Right? right. So I was legitimately asking the question. I wasn't attacking. I wasn't doing but anything. They don't necessarily know I was that. Saying, well, I, I think oh, it's okay, better to okay, approach but if you, it. Okay. But if you're on a call, you know, and, and you're accepting people like, like businesses, mm-hmm. like they, they should have been, had the foresight to assume mm-hmm. that the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel general manager might not be gay. Like let the possibility enter their consciousness, right? Not be completely floored when it happened and then absolutely be like, Come on, when you ask a question in something where everybody's talking, everybody's talking, and then I ask a question and it's silence, and then the person writing the meeting has to come on and say, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was very clearly exclusionary, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I didn't care. I didn't feel offended or anything because I'm toxically masculine. But <laughs> but I did I did at one point think, well, this isn't something that, like, like, we want, they want us to take part in it. We want to take part in it. But there is a sense that if I don't put somebody who is gay at the forefront of this, 
It's not going to happen. And I walked away from that saying, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I reached out to the, because we don't have a million gay people, right? I reached, I sent it out to everybody who wants to be a part of this, blah, blah, blah. This is what they've told us. And nobody stepped up. And but, it's like, okay, then the opportunity is lost, right? I, I do think that might have been your perception, perhaps, because I think mm. it's the way it was approached, right? To say, I'm not gay. How do I go about this? Seems like a very dismissive approach when you could have said, as a gay ally, mm. what can I do to... Okay. Yeah, okay. Fair. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Lesson learned. But, but, but assu- again, you're, you're okay, dealing but, with but the assuming, community. I was going to say, but assuming, like even assuming that I would have the presence of mind to say that. Yeah. Right. Is sure. is is that's what I mean when when you're saying like there's toxic masculinity. There has to be at least some sense of admission that if I don't understand how to speak to a gay community because I'm not gay and I'm not part of a gay community, and even if I like, I wouldn't have been on the call if I wasn't interested. Right. 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 Like I was trying to reach out, and maybe I don't know all the right words or know all the right things to say. And to this day, you know, then the survey came. I filled out the survey. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, all right. Well, I understand where you're we coming tried. from. Yeah. But yeah. It, it sounds like it's, yeah. 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 Maybe a miscommunication on both sides, but still, I know on your intentions On both were good. sides. <laughs> but I know some people who are, you know, they would describe themselves as being heterosexual, well, I guess. It's supposed to be 10 more minutes. How long has it been, yeah, Joe? Are you happens. our timekeeper now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we're at two and a half hours. Can we have, Joe be our new Polly? She can just record whatever <laughs> yeah, you send her. No, we, we honest to God, we need to start signing off. All right, okay. let's sign off. Although Jen, but are you? Do you have your shoes tied up? Yeah, I run out of here. Because as soon as we end this podcast, I won't even have my computer shut down, and she'll be out of here. Joel's with me. It's almost yeah. eight o'clock. That's Is what it? you do. Oh to my god! David. Yeah, you send them That's, running. Yeah. Okay. Well, this <laughs> has been an absolutely fantastic discussion. Hang on, can I say one thing? Yeah, please do. I appreciate your honesty. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't think it's easy to be. David. Yes. I give you permission to edit me out completely. No, 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 no. no. You were part of the conversation. Yeah, because because you've said in total 23 (laughs) words. If I I was not in this podcast, that would be great. I do agree with Jen, though, because I think that if you're not honest, then you can't reflect upon Mm -hmm. how that honesty could be impactful. And I want to say, I don't have the intelligence to know what I'm not supposed to say or to say what I'm supposed to say. And that's part of loose and conversational. But like, I really am trying to be a better person, Mm -hmm. right? But it like... I think that comes across. As a middle-aged, straight, white guy, it's fucking confusing, Mm. right? And when everybody tells you everything you think and everything you do and everything you say is wrong... I can see that. It gets tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously you're defensive because... Why wouldn't you be? Because I'm a middle-aged white guy. Well, and I think anybody who (laughs) would be defensive. So I appreciate you coming with your honesty and, you know, Mm -hmm. the full picture, because I think it's important to have these conversations. And if you're not honest, then we can't have them. Yeah, excellent. All right. Agreed. Well, thank you very much, Joel. Thank you very much, Joanne. I keep calling you Joe. Joanne. Joanne, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jen. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Play the music. Thanks for keeping it loose with us. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. Check out new episodes weekly and read our blog on looseandconversational.com. Finally, like and follow us on Facebook. I would love to have something from you in my inbox. Is there like a signing off something? That was it. That's it. Yeah. Play the music. Is it play the music? Yeah. Then then there's music that plays. Okay. Play just listen music. to the podcast once, Joanne. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, she's never listened to the podcast. Wow. No, I have. I tried. Yeah. What does I tried mean? I tried. I, well.
No, I'll try harder. (laughs) (laughs) Because David didn't tell me that you have to get to the second half for it to be interesting. That's loose and conversational. the first half. Holy was shit, man! We've this is almost the longest we've recorded. Two Which and a half one hours. did you listen to that wasn't interesting? The two dollar bills. Oh, I see that. Yeah, and you then I slept just... and I dreamt about two dollar bills. I told her. I, I started. I said one. honestly, with our podcast, you could just listen to the last fifteen minutes. Well, you shouldn't have started with that one. I think there's definitely better ones to start with. Well, I like the John Bernardo one. Oh, but only the last half. The first half is kind of boring. Yeah, I'll go to the the last half. The first part of Brian L. Our second Dude, best. Jan can't. The, fir- the first part good. of Cletus is boring. Morgan's is coming up soon. That should be good. Yeah. That's what we're going to do this weekend. All right. All right. Thanks, Joe. Nighty All right. night, Joanne. See you. Nighty night. Hey, did, what happened? Did you text your uh, the bird lady? No, I didn't. No, I need to reflect on this more. All right. Well, you've had our okay. advice. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>